0: Welcome to the Hockey History Storyteller Podcast. This is the podcast where you can learn about past players, coaches, teams, leagues, and events. The game we know and love today was created from our past. I'm your host, hockey player and fan, Andy Courtright. Episode 15, The Atlanta Flames, Atlanta's second biggest flame out. As a young hockey fan in the early 1970s, I was always mesmerized by the seemingly constant flow of new teams coming into the National Hockey League and the scrappy upstart World Hockey Association. The first expansion I have clear memory of was in 1971 when the New York Islanders and the Atlanta Flames were awarded franchises in the NHL as the 15th and 16th teams. They were slated to join the league a couple of years later, but the announcement of the new WHA and their threat to put a team on Long Island and one in the South made the NHL scramble to start up these two new teams sooner than planned. Both teams were going to play in brand new arenas, the Islanders at Nassau Coliseum and the Flames at the Omni. Each new team paid $6 million in entry fees. Real estate developer Tom Cousins led a group of investors to buy the Atlanta franchise. Cousins also owned the Atlanta Hawks and named the team the Flames as a reference to the Civil War. A traditional expansion draft was held to fill out their rosters and both participated in the 1972 entry draft. The Flames picked two upstart goalies as their first two expansion draft picks. Phil Muir from the Montreal Canadiens and Daniel Bouchard from the Boston Bruins. Clearly, the plan was to prevent the puck from going into the net. Both Montreal and Boston had other goalies. Ken Dryden, Michael Plass, and Wayne Thomas in Montreal, and Gary Cheevers and Eddie Johnston in Boston. The loss of Bouchard hurt Boston more because Cheevers ended up jumping to Cleveland in the WHA. The Islanders picked first in the entry draft, and the Flames selected Jacques Richard, number two overall. He spent three largely unproductive years with the Flames, scoring just 108 points. The Flames were wise beyond their years in terms of off-ice hires from the start. They hired future Hall of Fame general manager Cliff Fletcher, a Hall of Fame player to coach in Bernie Boom Boom Jeffreyan, David Poyle as assistant GM, and Al Arbor as a scout. Arbor would have been considered as Flames' replacement coach had he stayed with the team but after year one he was lured to, of all places, Long Island to coach the Islanders, and the rest is history. Jeffryan was an instant hit with the players and the fans. The expansion draft did not have much to offer in terms of offensive talent. Fletcher estimated that the 40 available wingers and centers had less than 70 NHL goals. That was due to earlier expansions eating up talent and the outflow of players to the WHA. Fletcher was forced to bolster defense and get character players like Ray Como and Keith McCreary. The Flames played a total of 8 seasons in Atlanta before moving to Calgary. They were remarkably consistent in those 8 seasons in many ways. They averaged 81 points per season in the days when they played 80 games and had no overtimes and a tie game was worth 1 point in the standings. So they usually won more than they lost. There were no pushovers in the regular season and they made the playoffs 6 of their 8 seasons. They were ultra-consistent in the playoff. They lost every first-round matchup they played. In their debut season, they registered 65 points and finished 7th in the Western Division. Note the NHL has never been very good at geography and placed Atlanta in the West for the first two campaigns. The Flames beat the Islanders in their first game by a score of 3-2 at Long Island. Their first home game in Atlanta was a 1-1 tie with the Buffalo Sabres. It was the first event at the Omni and was a sellout of 14,568. Atlanta mayor Sam Mussell attended the game and said, quote, It was very exciting. It's the fastest thing in Atlanta. Much faster than our women. Ooh, unquote. Uh, yikes, that was certainly a different time back then. The Flames were in playoff contention through midseason, but ended up 17 points ahead of the last place California Golden Seals. The 1973-74 season in the South was a good one for the Flames. They finished fourth in the West behind the Flyers, Hawks, and Kings. Tom Lysiak, perhaps the best Flame in Atlanta history, was drafted second overall in the entry draft and made an immediate impact. He led the team with 64 points and finished second to Dennis Potvin of the Islanders in voting for the Calder Trophy. Bernie Jeffrion was voted second for the Adams Award. The Flames finished near 500 in the 74-75 season but missed the playoffs. That third year, they drafted Eric Vale in the first round of the entry draft, and he won the Calder as Rookie of the Year. Late in the season, Jeffery On stepped down as coach due to stress. Cliff Fletcher credited him with the success of the team on the ice and in the community. The Flames continued their draft success in their fourth season when they drafted Willie Plett, He emerged as a young star and scored 33 goals and took home the Calder in the 76-77 season. While the Flames continued to make the playoffs every year since their third season, the City was losing interest in the team. In December of the 1976-77 season, the players chipped in to buy more than $25,000 in tickets to provide to City employees. The players loved playing in Atlanta so much they felt they needed to help in any way possible. Many ex-Atlanta Flame players resumed their post-playing life in Atlanta. The NHL and WHA had many money-losing teams at the time. In fact, the only profitable NHL teams that season were the Canadiens, Maple Leafs, Flyers, Rangers, Canucks, and Sabres. The 1978-79 season was the best one in Atlanta for the Flames. They recorded a 10-game winning streak in October that season and had the 6th best record in the NHL. They finished last in the Patrick division behind the Islanders, Flyers, and Rangers, but still made the playoffs. Bob McMillan led the team in scoring with 108 points, and Guy Schwinar scored 50 goals and totaled 107 points. Despite all the success, that season will be remembered as the year of the trade by anyone who remembers the Flames. In March 1979, the Flames traded fan favorite Tom Lysiak along with Pat Ribble and Miles Zaharko to the Blackhawks for defenseman Phil Russell and forwards Ivan Boldarev and Darcy Rhoda. The last season in Atlanta was a good one on the ice. The Flames acquired star Kent Nilsson from the WHA as part of the merger. He scored 40 goals and added 53 assists. Look for a future episode on Kent Nilsson. The real estate and interest rate woes of the late 1970s, a quick playoff exit, and the loss of $12 million over eight years led Tom Cousins to sell the team. Even though the Omni was less than 10 years old, it was considered obsolete, and Cliff Fletcher once said, it was out of date when it opened. All of that, and the fact that they could not sign a local television deal spelled the end for the flames in Atlanta. All future financial projections for the team were thrown out of whack from the beginning due to player salaries going through the roof after the Flames joined the league and the WHA started. Cousins did not want to continue dumping money into the team and sold the franchise to Nelson Scalbania and a group of Calgary businessmen for the then-NHL team record of $16 million. In closing, I want to remark on the most lasting artifact of the Atlanta Flames their logo. I contend that the outline block letter A with the two vertical flames is the second best NHL logo of all time, a very close second to the iconic logo of another defunct team, the famous Hartford Whalers logo. Thank you for listening to the Hockey History Storyteller Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Also, please share with your hockey pals. Feel free to leave a comment or email ideas for future episodes to me at HockeyStoryTeller at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at hockeystorytell, Instagram HockeyStoryTeller, and Facebook, also HockeyStoryTeller. Hockey History Storyteller theme music was composed and performed by Lauren Clapp. Lauren is available at lauren.clapp2004 at gmail.com. That's Clapp with two Ps followed by two zero zero four. See show notes for details.